Hi folks, um, this week we have some discussion of chronic health issues and pet death in the interview, so um, that's your warning. Your second warning is that we have animals and they can be noisy. There are, there are multiple chicks in the room right now. Yes, last week's chicks are still very tiny. They are so wee. And are just peeping away all day long. And then sleeping a lot. Well, yes. Because that's what they do. Um, They're getting little wing feathers, though. They are. Uh, but So the cats aren't allowed in. Which means that we will not be swearing at the cats on this. We may be swearing problem. for other reasons. It's Yes. I mean, swearing happens. But not the usual swearing at Sergei. Not, not the usual swearing at Sergei. Correct. So, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 251, welcome to Productivity Alchemy year 6. I have a great guest to kick us off this year. Awesome. I have Yoon Ha Lee, um, writer... Author of, of Dragon Pearl. Dragon Pearl of um, the uh, Hexarchet trilogy. Um, so much good stuff. Uh, so excited to bring this to you. I've... Uh, just floored and thrilled, and I might fanboy a little. I apologize. <laughs> so yeah, there's 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 that. Um, it was a good, it was a great interview, um, and I think it's been a good week. I mean, I'm I I hit like the big thing that was sort of dropped in my lap that I have been working on. I wrapped up today. Woo! And my new manager wants to write it up and send it out in the big team update that goes out every Thursday. So I sent that in too. Um, we'll see what kind of reaction we'll get there. Very good. Cool. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased. No, um, that, it's been mm -hmm. a big project. How long have you been working on it? Um, so it was dropped in my lap um, at the very end of April. So... Um, what is today? Yeah, so like four weeks um, with an initial, hey, we need this done by, and then I laughed at them, and then we had to get approval because this involved moving a lot of money around, and so there were uh, approvals that had to go all the way up to the very, very tip top, um, and we got that, and then I wrote some automation, and we tested it. And today we did the ones that the automation can't handle. Pretty cool. So, yeah. I literally spent a whole shit ton of money that does not belong to me uh, in the goal to save us a shit ton of money over the next three years. But still, oh my god, the feeling of looking at some of these and going, I've just committed the company to how much for the next three years? Ugh. You know, so awkward. Oh, yeah. Nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah. Uh, but done. So, um, as you know, uh, capacity is an interesting place where sometimes you have to spend money to save money. What are you barking at, dog? Um, yeah, spend money to save money. It, it feels weird, but that's how all the big cloud providers work. Like, they will give you deals if you say, yeah, I'm going to use so many of your resources for the next three years. You'll give us, give us a discount over you know, on the month to month, as long as we're committed to spending all of this money over three years. So it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, 
I'm saving money now. I'm, I'm spending a lot of money now to save a, even more money over the course of, well, maybe not more money, but you know what I mean. Right, you right. Know, to, to save money we would already be spending over the course of the next three years. It's Finance is complicated, and I'm glad I'm just on the what can I do to make it so we spend less money. Right. And not in the how much are we spending, how much should we be spending, how can we cut costs that way, a side of things. Yeah. So, yeah. That is a dark, dark place. Mm-hmm. But anytime I can do something that's going to save the company, you know, a portion of my salary, that means there's more money to pay me and other people, and I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, that has been, like, my big focus for the last couple weeks, other than baby chickens. Um, we have the new baby chickens, uh, unfortunately. They all seem to have come down with a case of pasty butt, and so we've been... I thought my time wiping baby butts was over. No, no. Well, now I find myself every, at least twice a day, checking to make sure all the little baby chicken butts are clean. And if they aren't, cleaning them. But you know, at least I completed the, the as sort of a reward to myself, that's what I'm telling myself anyway, um, I did finish out the complete Muppet Lego minifigure collection. <laughs> The last one to get was Gonzo, of course. Naturally. Gonzo, Fozzie, and uh, Janice were the hardest to get. And Gonzo comes with a little chicken, which is yes. what's important. Yes. Um, Rolf comes with, with the bust of Beethoven, which I thought was great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Animal with his drum set. And, uh, no, I, I love the classic Muppets. I enjoy them very much, and the moment I saw the minifigs were out, I might have say, said something to the effect of, I require all of these, at which point you made judgy noises, and I showed you the um, Lego succulent set. Yes. And in the time while you were distracted ordering that, I was... Just, I had... just don't tell me about it. That's just, <laughs> just don't tell me. I'm happier not knowing these Okay, things. that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, so how has um how's your week been for productivity? I uh I feel like instead of writer's block, I'm going to start calling it being book bound, like being egg bound. Like there's a book in there and it's got to come out and pasty book? Uh, no, no, cuz cuz that's that's, you know, the the poop getting stuck. No, this is this is the book is in there and it doesn't want to come out, but the book has to come out or else everything will get backed up. And uh, okay. so this week is, but furthermore, the book has to come out by Friday. Do, do I need to run you a warm bath of Epsom salts and massage your book cloaca? Uh, no, <laughs> I, first of all, that would probably be my agent's job. And secondly, <laughs> uh, uh, no. Just no. no. Uh, metaphorical. 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 Yes. Uh, but it finally, it, it today was one of the, this book is going to get done come hell or high water kind of things. And I got nearly 3,000 words hammered out. Okay. And tomorrow, and, and it is nearly done. Tomorrow I do the, the finishing, 
you know, scene basically and clean up the, the, the lead into that, you know, the, the, uh, it, it's just the wrap up. So, so would you say you've been bookstipated? Uh, I don't know. Do you need a book enema? Look, if it was that easy to write a book, <laughs> I would invest in the things. Uh, yeah, so. A book softener? Uh, maybe. No, it's like an egg. It's like there's a thing in there that is large and needs to come out. And it is it is not like, like waste. It is like, I feel like being egg bound is a good analogy. Okay. Yes. I'll, 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 I'll let you go with that one. Yeah. Yes. But it's not fatal. Uh, it, this one has not been fatal. Yes. Being egg-bound can be fatal for a chicken. It can be fatal for my career, too, if the book doesn't come out. I, I don't think it's that bad, but I, 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 will, I will bow to your paranoia, yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll work from there. So, yeah, that's, um, that's yeah. us this week. So tomorrow I finish the book. Yeah. And then I will stare at the wall for a while. Yes. And uh and Friday I am going to see the Who and get my Mongolian metal jam on. Enjoy. And meet them before the show with a VIP meet and greet because am I gonna skip out on a chance to meet the Hugh? No. 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 So Enjoy it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Um I guess woo. <laughs> On that note, hey, let's uh, let's talk about the guest. Yoon Holly, you Yoon have an Holly. interview. I do. We should go listen to that. We should. It took me. Um, I I had been trying on and off for two years to to schedule this, and, uh, and the stars aligned, and uh, and everything worked out. And so this week, kicking off year six for us, it's Yoon Holly. Right after this. folks. Uh, I am here today with one of my favorite authors over the last couple of years. Um, uh, Yoon Ha Lee has been just absolutely uh, gracious and in joining us today, and I'm really excited about this. And I could gush all day, so I'm not going to gush. What I'm going to say is, uh, uh, Yoon, can you uh, do a better job introducing yourself and uh, tell us about what you do other than write really good books? Hello, my name is Yoon Ha Lee. Um, I write books for adults and books for children, and the two groups do not necessarily mix in the best of ways. My adult <laughs> books are the Machineries of Empire Trilogy, starting with Nine Fox Gambit. They are extremely bloodthirsty, have five million 
content warnings and triggers, and you should be very careful going into them. The books that are safe to read are my <laughs> Thousand World series for middle graders. Um, that starts with Dragon Pearl. It's a Korean mythology space opera. And I mean, there are ghosts and trickery and death, but it's not as full of, of triggers as the adult books. And it's uh, uh, a the Thousand Worlds is just fun. I mean, uh, like I said before the interview, um, Ursula handed me uh, Dragon Pearl just before, um, like after she got the uh, re- advanced copy, and uh, and that's that's when I like I got to read it before everybody else, Neener Neener, um, and it was just so much fun. It's a really great book and a really great series. So. I also like Machineries of Empire for all the bloodthirsty and the twists and the turns, but that's a whole other, you know, sort of sort of thing. Um, cool. Um, anything else going on that takes up time? Uh, you know, no, uh, I'm a or hobbies or yeah. I'm a full time writer. I'm taking mm-hmm. art lessons because I want to learn how to draw my characters. It's cheaper to draw them myself than to hire artists because artists deserve to be paid good money, but mm-hmm. also. I have a limited budget and yeah. I also compose as a hobby. So those are the two main things okay. I do. And that would be why there's a, I think I see a keyboard behind you and not the computer. Yes. 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 That's correct. <laughs> all right. So with all that, how do you keep yourself organized? I have a very simple system that mainly came from what my mom taught me. My mom is one of those people who is hyper-organized, and I am. I came into her life as a tiny chaos gremlin. I am not organized <laughs> at all naturally, so she had to teach me how to deal with things. And the two things I rely on are a planner, like a, one of those 12-month planners, So I can Uh keep track of my book deadlines and what's coming up in three months because I have a terrible memory. That stuff is not going to stay in my head. So it needs to be written down. And I'm analog. I'm very old fashioned. Uh I need to be able to touch things. So I use a paper planner. The other thing I do on a more sort of daily basis is I Uh keep a daily to-do list. And each day's to-do list is generated the evening before. So like tonight, I'll sit down and do it. Today is Tuesday, March 29th. So at the end of the day, I'll say, hey, what are the four things I need to get done tomorrow? And I will write those down in a little sort of electronic journal entry and mark those down. And it's usually not more than four items. Like something like do the dishes is just sort of background noise. I don't explicitly add that to the to-do list. I'm talking big things like, you know, work on the book that is due in two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, the really four big items that I have to make sure to get done. And that is such... I, I mean, that that is... I'm sorry, the cats have just decided that they're going to groom each other literally in front of the monitor, which feels like it's in between the two of us. So it's, <laughs> it's suddenly my concentration is very difficult. Um, I have a cat, so I understand how this works. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the the four things, or the four big things, I, I tend to work mine around three things weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's... 
there's a lot of, I think, value in saying, here are the, the specific things I want to accomplish or I'm hoping to accomplish and mm-hmm. not try to overburden your list with every single thing you need to get done. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to say is that I usually, I've tried generating my to-do lists like a week in advance or even two weeks in advance. And uh, my life is so chaotic that I those lists don't survive contact with reality. I'm always having to revise what I think I can get done. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the reasons is I have some chronic health issues. Like I can get knocked out by a migraine. And so if I thought I was going to rewrite chapter seven on Monday and I have a migraine that day, then everything gets pushed back by a day. So I, I really don't plan very far ahead because there's no predicting when, you know, life will throw you a curveball. Yeah, that's, I think that's why I like sort of the weekly versus the daily. I mean, this it's what works more for me if I have a day where, you know, something has cropped up at work and mm-hmm. that has taken all of my day. I, mm-hmm. I don't have to feel bad that I didn't get a, you know, or, you know, make it like feel like I'm making an excuse while well, you didn't get the thing done on Tuesday that you're supposed to get done. Yeah. But we had the big work emergency and right. you know, uh, it, it, it isn't such a big impact. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that is the other thing. If you plan too far ahead, uh, no plan. I don't remember who said it first. I think I, I mostly remember it from, uh, from Howard Taylor's schlock mercenary. Uh, no plan <laughs> survives uh, contact with the enemy. So, I think it was Napoleon, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I'll have to find it. It's one of the, I mean, it's, it's one of those, you know, um, you know, Abraham Lincoln said it at the, the battle of Valley Forge kind of quotes, maybe. I'm sure. Know. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Schlock mercenary had a whole bunch of really good quotes though. We'll get to, I will actually get to one of those a little later on. Um, <laughs> um, do you use any, any, like, do you have a preference in your planner? I am one of those people. So do you, do you have a special pen or special kind of pen you prefer to use with it? Um, I don't mostly because my, you can see a little bit of my workspace. It is not mm-hmm. neat and spick and span and organized. Um, I'll usually rotate between a few fountain pens. Like here's, here's one of the shiny Oh ones. yeah. Yeah. So I'll usually rotate between fountain pens, but you know, if there's, if there's a ballpoint in reach, I'll use the ballpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm really not picky. I grew up writing short stories um, in class when I was supposed to be taking notes with whatever like crappy number two pencil or, you know, big pen was in reach. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I do like luxury writing instruments, but I can use a regular old pen. You know, the words are the same. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was just saying to, uh, to my prior interview that life is too short to use crappy pens. <laughs> uh, but I'm very privileged to be at a point in my life where I can actually have the nicer pens. So. Are you a fountain pen user? Uh, when I'm writing and uh, when I'm writing on paper, yes. Uh, <laughs> my go, my go tos. Here we go. You've started this. Just uh, everybody, <laughs> everybody on who's who's listening at home, remember that uh, that uh, June started this. Um, so I, I've got. Uh, I keep a simple. This is a. Um, I'll turn on the real light. So a simple uh, platinum. Yep. Oh no! Wait, this is a this is a sailor, and then mm-hmm. 
I have the fancy, the ultra fancy. Oh my gosh. Uh, the Innova limited edition also sparkly. Mm. Nice. Um, and then it's got the, the rainbow sheen on the flex nib. Oh, so that's I don't very know if that, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it writes like a dream, but I also keep, yeah, this is, this is how bad I am. I also keep my workhorse of the, uh, TW SBI uh, Eco. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, a Lamy Safari because Lamy Safari is uh, possibly one of the best inexpensive but fine writing instruments I use. I've used. I, I just take love safaris them. out when I don't want to risk one of my expensive pens. Um, yeah, I'll yeah. Show you the most extra pen I own, which oh. It's an ST DuPont um, Phoenix Renaissance Prestige, and it's not a practical pen. I, no. I did not buy this for practicality, but it was sort of a reward <laughs> to myself for fin finishing a book in which Phoenixes sort of figured as symbology. Yeah, yeah. There's um, the one, my, my uh, white whale of a pen right now is being able to get the Namiki um, Chinkin, I'm saying it wrong probably, Rooster Mackie mm -hmm. E-Pen, which mm -hmm. is like I think it's like $3,000 but it's the hand carved with the gold yep. inlay and it's and it's a rooster and it's beautiful and I, yeah, no... <laughs> If I if I spend three thousand dollars on a pen, uh, Ursula's going to have words, <laughs> and uh, not many of them polite. So, <laughs> um, if anyone's listening and wants to buy me that pen, don't give the money to charity, please, for the love of God. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, so any any pen, um, and yeah, because sometimes if you just need to write something down right now, you need the pen that'll do that. It's it's more about the pen that's there and the paper that's there than, uh, yeah, the I number leave of pens lying all over the house just so that wherever I go, there's a pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I try to leave the pens Ursula likes lying around the house so that she doesn't come <laughs> in and steal my stash, but. Mm. Eventually, she'll be like, do you have a pen I can use? I'm like, yes, here's a pen. And then if it's a fountain pen, she looks at me and says, that is a stupid pen. Get me a real pen. And My husband's so. the same way. He's a mechanical yeah. pencil user, hates fountain Oh, yeah. Pen. Yeah. I have a couple of those around here, too, because a good mechanical <laughs> pencil is also. Um, no, my current great love, though, is, of all things, have you seen The Remarkables? I have not. The digital tablet that acts and feels oh, like paper. Oh, yeah. I just paid it off, and I, I've been using it every single day since I bought it, and I'm just like, this is the how's, device. How's the battery life on those? Uh, at least a week or two. Oh, wow. Like, I charged this one last week, and it currently is at how... What battery do you think you're at? Um, 48% mm -hmm. and I've been using it pretty consistently. Nice. Um, yeah, I've been really impressed. Uh, although don't buy, I, I tell everybody this and if anyone from Remarkable is listening, it, yeah, don't buy the, uh, the marker two that they, you know, their specific one. Um, Lammy makes a really nice stylus mm -hmm. that works just fine. Gotcha. Um, as good as and uh, costs about a third the price. So, 
Anyway, I, let me, oh, make a note to link to that. Yes, someone will be like, tell me about this Lammy stylus. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's actually really simple, um, but it keeps you in line and on track. And that's 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 a great thing about a system. Like, I have a planner, and it is very limited, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... That brings us to, um, do you have any, any systems and habits that sort of go hand in hand with that to, um, you know, work through, or is it just, you know, uh, top of the list or what do you feel like working on today? You know, what, what systems or habits do you use or find valuable when, when doing that? This sounds, um, remarkably stupid, but. I have to set alarms to remind myself to eat because I have blood sugar crashes. And if I miss lunch at noon, noon to one ish, um, it actually derails me for the rest of the day. So to set myself up for a good productivity day, I refuse to do anything until I've had lunch. And then after that, um, usually I will do something like, I don't write first thing, although that's advice I've seen for some people. And, you know, mm -hmm. everybody is wired differently. But oh, yeah. I have a brain that, like, I can't jump into the manuscript first thing because my brain takes a while to sort of, like, warm up. I, I am, as you may have guessed, I am mm -hmm. not a morning person. I sort of roll <laughs> out of at noon, right, right. which I can do because I'm a freelancer. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I spend some time looking through my email and dealing with that and mm -hmm. um, going out into my garden and doing a little light exercise. And then after about an hour of basically faffing around, I am ready to get to work. Right. And Usually the first priority thing is writing because I'm usually sorry. under contract. <laughs> I didn't get to mute in time. I'm so sorry to everybody who's <laughs> listening out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will have a priority list depending on what has the closest deadline and um, what is the biggest project. Yeah. So, for example, if I have a novel due, I will look at the amount of time I have to write it and say I have to average, you know, five chapters every 10 days in order to make this deadline and I'll do the math. And I know, so my degree is in math and I know that math is not everybody's favorite subject, but you know, that simple thing you do where you have two thirds, you know, the cross yeah, yeah. and the ratios, I will use that in order to check if I'm on target for um, my schedule. Like, am I going to finish this in time? And I'll do the math for that mathematician that makes so much wow so okay for those of you who haven't read it one of the things about um the machineries of empire is that almost like the physics or the rules for particular areas defined by the clock and the mathematics around the clock and it is one of the things i love about it is that by changing the math and the clocks that it changes how things work and you're a mathematician and suddenly it's like, that's why it works, why it's put together so well. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Just, just having that flash of, Oh my God, I understand. Yeah. Um, I actually also, taught yeah. 
this to my daughter when she mm-hmm. was in elementary, you know, late elementary and middle school. And mm-hmm. you know that thing teachers do where they give kids a homework assignment and it's a big project and it's due in three weeks. And most kids will wait until the night before it's due and try to do three weeks work. Uh, you know, all in one night. And I said, you know, look at the amount of work, divide it up, look at the number of days, divide Mm -hmm. it by the number of days, do a little bit each day. And I taught her that system. Now she's 18 now and she's a (laughs) classy teenager. So, you know, sometimes the procrastination does happen, but you know, just, just being able to schedule out um, my days and also Mm -hmm. allow for, you know, migraine days or, somebody you know some life throws you a curveball sorts of oh, days yeah. um you, i i try to make sure to schedule those in too because it's like i can say that i'm going to write every day in march like all 31 days it's not actually going to happen like no. i am going to take days off yeah um it's funny that's how ursula broke up the uh, illustrations for the dragon breath and the hamster princess series oh, cool. is you know you look at I think it was average about 150 illustrations per book. Wow. And yeah, she'd look at it and she'd go, okay, I have, I have uh, something like, you know, I have three months to get this done. That's so many weeks. And so I need to get X number of illustrations done a week in order to meet this deadline. And if she mm-hmm. got done early, great. She was done for the week. And if, you know, uh, if, one day was spent doing this huge, you know, a two page spread. Mm-hmm. Um, the battle scene in Ninja Frogs in, in particular, I think was mm-hmm. one that took a lot longer. Um, she'd be like, you know what? It's okay that I'll make it up next week. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a good system. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and that's exactly what you're doing, basically. I need to get X amount done in this time frame in these little chunks. So, yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, how does, how does this all interact? So you've taught your daughter the same plan. How does this, does this, and I'm, I'm, does this collide with, um, since you're the one at home, you're the one writing full-time freelancing, does this collide with the rest of the household at any time? Um, it sometimes (laughs) does, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think before the pandemic, you know, my husband would go out to work and then he would come home and I would be like, I've been at home and now I want to leave the house because I have been at home all this time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the pandemic and he was home all the time because we were locked down that he yeah. understood my need for, um, I don't. I don't know how to put it, external stimulation. Like I get my ideas from going out into the world and um, seeing different things, even just walking through a bookstore and seeing the randomest uh, titles like books on spies or uh, Mm -hmm. this is a book that Stephanie Fulce, my friend, recommended to me. Things like The Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard good things. I haven't read it yet. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't read it yet either, but like it's the sort of weird random book that I would mm-hmm. never buy from Amazon because it would never occur to me that such a book would exist. It's sort of the kind of book you have to find out from a friend or you walk through a bookstore and you go, hey, that's a really weird title and you pick it up off the shelf. So like that random factor actually helps me um, fill my well of ideas. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, Ursula was able to dive into gardening much more in depth for two springs in a row. And, uh, Mm-hmm. Which is why we aren't scheduling any trips or appearances now that they're happening again in, you know, for like the next four or five months because she's decided she wants to be home for her garden. And that's what mm-hmm. keeps her moving. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, everybody refills a different way. And I can see how um, certainly during lockdown, we would there would be a little bit of a um, uh, some of that because. I would be trying to do, you know, I'd be hitting my prime working hours and then everybody else in the household would be up and making noise and distracting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and none of us could escape. (laughs) Yeah. I think the other thing that's hard with being a writer or creative is that Mm -hmm. for some of us, at least like part of that time is thinking time. And it looks like we're sitting Mm -hmm. in a chair doing nothing. That's like, no, I'm not doing nothing. My brain is very hard at work. And if you keep interrupting me to like do the dishes or the laundry or the whatever, like all these household chores that need to be done, but don't need to be done right the second, like it's really terribly derailing. I even, I've been working from home for, hold on, mathing, uh, 11, (laughs) 12 years now, something like Mm -hmm. that. And so it's, yeah, there's, there's always sort of that assumption that because you're home, um, it's, you absolutely will be the person who does the laundry or the dishes or the whatever. Mm -hmm. And no, I, I have work to do too. I don't just sit here and, you know, and take calls all day. Right. That would drive me insane. Um, yeah. So, um, anything else? Any other habits? Getting out of the house? Uh, we've got um, <laughs> blood sugar issues. Uh, by the way, uh, preaching the choir. Um, my my, what arm have I got my glucose monitor on? Yeah. So yeah, I have a continuous glucose monitor, so I can check. Mm-hmm. If mine gets too low, I not only get cranky, I get fall downy, and mm-hmm. um, that's not a good thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, no, I, you know, there are days when I decide that the first thing I'm going to do after lunch is have a nice cuddle with my cat for 30 minutes. And I know this sounds like a really weird thing to prioritize, but I'm always aware that my cat has a finite lifespan that is going Mm -hmm. to be shorter than mine. And I sort of want to take advantage of that time with my cat And it's just a really chill way to start the day because the nice thing about freelance writing or writing novels is that Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to happen in the morning. It doesn't have to happen at a specific time block. Um, I do have friends who benefit from a really rigorous schedule, like they'll write at the same time every day, but I am not like that. I actually benefit from changing things up. And this is another thing I'll do. Um, I'll change the way I write. Like sometimes I'll write with a fountain pen in a notebook. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll write in Microsoft Word. There's this one short story that I was having so much trouble with that I went to my Dream With blog and I wrote the whole thing (laughs) in like locked posts. And it was just complete vomit drafting. And, you know, it was not it was not a good pretty rough draft but anything to break the block you know change the font change the the pen the ink color yeah, um, yeah. Right on a different computer i have to mix it up or you know i i start to stagnate interesting you are you're possibly the first person i've talked to who has to change up uh or changes up that often mm-hmm. you know um 
uh, I talked to John Scalzi a couple months ago, and he's got his very, very specific setup, and this is what he uses, and, it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any deviation sort of throws him off. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, or uh, uh, Chuck Wendig. Oh, I haven't talked to Chuck in a while. I should, I should, I should schedule a, a catch-up with Chuck, but he's got his whole... I think they built him a writer's shed, <laughs> like separate from the house. And um, I seem to recall that um, uh, now I can't remember the uh, author of the Honor Harrington series has something David very Weber? similar. Yeah, yeah, David Weber has something very similar, where this is the writing shed and this is where the writing gets done. And I actually yeah. change which room in the house that I write in every so often because, again, I stagnate if mm-hmm. everything stays the same. I'm a chaos. I'm a chaos <laughs> muppet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the world needs more chaos muppets. Um, the world needs all types. Yes. But yeah, oh, there's a good cat. Yes. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Shaw was <laughs> just sitting over there being cute and so I have to I have to encourage that since his brother will not uh, will not take quite the same, you know, positive reinforcement for it. So, um gonna write that i like chaos muppets that's that's a good one uh let's see so that's i think that about covers that um and we've talked about how you decide to you know what you or how you decide what to work on next and um kind of talked about what your day looks like so we can just skip that question altogether uh unless you have more to add um I will say that despite actually getting out of bed at noon, I will mm-hmm. check my phone in bed <laughs> um, before then. And the reason is mm-hmm. that I know that people have like regular business hours and it's not very frequent, but once in a while I'll get something in from like my agent and it's time sensitive and it has to mm-hmm. be dealt with that morning. So I will start checking email Um around 9am or so. And then I'll, and then if there's nothing in the email, I just roll back, roll around and like fall asleep again. Yeah. This is probably terrible sleep hygiene. I don't actually recommend this. I mean, you know, I, if Ursula has insomnia, you will know by the the timing of the Twitters. So (laughs) (laughs) I, I have a very strict, no, you do not post to social media when you have insomnia. It's that's, Bad, 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 Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you're not, you're, you're really not helping, Shaw. Do you have to have your bath right here in front of me? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Just making sure I have the notes down. Um, cool. So what is... Well, before, before I, I start in on that one, now we get to the fun questions. I mean, they're all fun questions, right? <laughs> now we get to the, the ones I think are fun. And uh, some people agree, some people don't. Um, what is the best advice uh, you've been given? And or also, what is the best advice you would give someone else? Um, you know, in terms of writing specifically, but maybe mm-hmm. also life and just how you prioritize and schedule your day. I wish I remember which writer said this to me. It was like at a convention 15 years ago. So, you know, my memory is gone, but she said, you know, don't schedule 
your writing first, schedule your social life first, and then schedule writing around the social stuff. And she said the reason is um, for most of us, writing is a really solitary and kind of isolating endeavor. And maybe it's different if you're more introverted than I am. I mean, I'm fairly introverted, but I still need some social contact to, mm-hmm. you know, when you write, you're writing about people. So if you cut yourself off from people, you're cutting yourself off from sort of the the very the very source of all your characters and ideas. And so I do take that pretty seriously. Like I, I have a zoom meet every Sunday. Um, Saturdays is FaceTime with the family. I, I will schedule time, um, social time so that that comes first. And then the writing has to happen around that. And because I'm a full-time writer and not having to also juggle a day job on top of that, that actually works out pretty well. Yeah. And that also means that, you know, 10 years ago, when uh, your daughter was eight, you had time to do all the things that need to be done as a parent of an eight-year-old, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it, it, one of the, the big things that, that that if, if I were able to do that, I, I have some rules around it for work, work, um, day job work that, you know, um, that my kids, my family come first and Mm -hmm. you can bend that rule, but I get very tetchy when you want me to break that rule. Um, right. Right. Because yeah, it's, it's just too, uh, it's too short. It's you, you, if you don't prioritize that stuff, then you won't do it. Right. Yeah. Whew. That's great. I love that. One of these days, I'm going to create a page of all the advice that people have put into that slot of questions. And that that's like, that one, I might have to bump closer to the top. <laughs> um, all right. Now for uh, the, the next two questions uh, are opposite sides of the same coin. And this is where I reference Howard Taylor specifically. Wait, that coin isn't in my pocket. It's in my bag because I never took it out <laughs> after getting on an airplane. Um, how familiar are you with Schlock Mercenary? Um, I'm familiar with the premise. I haven't read it, but I have a friend who's a fan of it. So, you know, he has told <laughs> me about it. Right. Um, did they tell you specifically about uh, Maxim 70 of the 70 Maxims of uh effective mercenaries no uh, maximally effective mercenaries one. yeah uh here i'm going to put on light so i can see it i keep it i keep the challenge coin that uh, that uh they produced for it in my with me pretty much at all times and uh maximum 70 is that failure is not a, not an option it is mandatory the option is whether or not to let failure be the last thing you do so how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal um very poorly, but basically I kick and pout and scream and cry. And I do that in the privacy of my own home where only my husband and possibly my daughter and cat have to see it. And then <laughs> after a couple of days, I pick myself up and I keep going. I actually started submitting uh, science fiction and fantasy short stories when I was in sixth grade. I okay. was not a good writer at sixth grade. I spent sixth 
through 12th grade getting rejection slips. But what I learned was that a rejection slip hurts, but it doesn't kill you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there are, there are things where failure is really catastrophic. Like if you're an air traffic Mm -hmm. controller or you're a brain surgeon, like you need to not fail at your thing. But if you fail at writing, the worst thing that happens is like the story is not accepted. You send it somewhere else, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. or you do an experimental story format and it doesn't come out the way you like liked it. So you can rewrite it. I mean, failure is really kind of, um, in a lot of early writing career settings, um, failure is very low stakes. And I learned that I could just keep trying. And if I persisted, I eventually sold my first short story when I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. And what I learned was that it sucks. It doesn't feel good. Um, I think expecting people to, you know, expecting it to feel good is maybe too much because we're human and we have <laughs> right. human emotions and reactions, but you can always learn something from the failure. You can pivot, you can do something different. Right. Um, learn and pivot. Yeah. And, and it's been interesting in the time I've been doing this, show in this format um Mm -hmm. seeing over time how different people have answered that question in a trend almost in that i feel like five years ago um a lot of the answer to that was you know uh very much the well i'm going to i'm i'm going to be very angry or sulk or whatever for a week or two or i just shut down and over time and i don't know if it's because um we've all we're all maturing <laughs> as it goes <laughs> or or if it's just um you know or what it is but i i'm i see now a lot more of the okay i have to feel bad i have to process that but then i need to learn i need to pivot right yeah yeah um also interesting note i uh, i talked to um sigrid ellis i don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with sigrid um yeah. who is by profession an air traffic controller oh geez i didn't know that <laughs> and the number of systems in air traffic control um that are literally like I go to work and they're like, we're going to put in a fail safe that's going to stop the system to prevent data loss. And I'm like, okay, timeout. That's not a fail safe. That's a fail. Let mm-hmm. me tell you about air traffic controlling and all of the redundancies they have so that the system will continue to work even if there is a failure. It is literally, you know, they work very hard to make it, yes, we know there will be failure, so let's plan and and adapt. Mm-hmm. It's mind-blowing. Um I don't usually recommend this to guests, but if you get a chance to go back and listen to it, oh my God, it was just, <clears throat> I could have spent all day just talking about, tell me about all of the fail safes because it's all the definition of the word. It's, oh, it's mind blowing. Um, but at the end of the day, you're right. It's not, it's not life or death unless you're an ER doctor or you're a, um, you know, an EMT. Um, so. Now there is an other side to the f- the the coin that is failure, and that is success. Um, 
Do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Um, yeah, I think I do, but I don't linger on them. I'm mm-hmm. one of those people who really likes to keep busy. So if I get that big contract or I sell that mm-hmm. story, it feels really good for a day. And then after that, it's like, ah, what's that? What's, you know, you've had your big success and then you have to go back to washing the dishes. Like the work mm-hmm. still has to get done. Yeah. Um, uh, what's what's the the famous what what's the quote before enlightenment? Chop wood, carry water. Yes, after yes, enlightenment, the, chop yep, wood, carry yep. water. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's that's really <laughs> how I feel about it. And the other thing is success in writing. I mean, writing is a really unstable career slash life choice. I have seen you know friends who are writers who you know they have they have a great time in their career for a few years and then publishing or the market or there's a pandemic or you know something unpredictable happens and then they you know they're not pulling Mm -hmm. in the big contracts anymore so i'm always aware that it's unstable i have to be prepared to pivot at you know the slightest uh, sign of um Mm -hmm. Uh, a disaster or whatever. We actually, when we bought the house that um, my husband and I live in, we planned it so that we can make the mortgage payments on his job alone. Like he, he, he's a research scientist. So he oh, makes wow. he has a very stable job. And it's like, even if my income drops to zero, which is, you know, absolute worst case scenario, very unlikely to happen. We could still, you know, tighten our belts and, pay pay the bills yeah yeah we've uh, um it's been an interesting shift as my youngest has been in college mm-hmm. and um ursula has taken over paying the mortgage mm-hmm. like this has always been my house my house i i you know uh my ex-wife and i moved into it i got the house in the the eventual you know divorce and then ursula moved into my house it's my house so there was i i had to get over that sort of a Someone else is paying the mortgage. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think she's going anywhere. I, I don't think she's going to like try to take the house away from me at this point. But <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, it because everything I'm spending on a mortgage is going to the monthly payment for my child's tuition. Um, right. Yeah. You know, my uh, my daughter's 18, so I'm going to be mm-hmm. facing that next year. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm very glad that the program he wanted to be in is in a is in a uh, in state school that he gets. Uh, he gets some breaks on. So, yep. yep. Um, but yes, we, we uh, understand completely the uh, fickleness of, of something like uh, authors and will they want to renew a contract? Won't they? What will they come to do next time? How will they negotiate? Oh, I got stories. Mostly they're her stories. Cause I don't publish anything. I just do the same mm-hmm. podcast. It's, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, is it just feel good? Do you, do you splurge a little bit on anything in that celebration? <laughs> um, my fountain pen collection is pretty much how I splurge. And I, I know people get a little judgy sometimes about the really expensive pens, but the way I think of it is uh, I use them every day. They bring mm-hmm. me pleasure. They're like miniature works of art. This is oh, a yeah. Namiki y- Yukari. It's, oh, I mean, it's, yeah. 
it, it, it's beautiful. It's like a mini work of art. And this is maybe a little idiosyncratic, but we were flooded out in 2016 when um, Baton Rouge and some of the other local cities were flooded okay, out by yeah. torrential rain. I love books. Um, I I still own many books. I built up my collection again. But when you get down to it, when mm-hmm. you're evacuating from a flood, a fountain pen collection is much easier to evacuate than a book collection. This is this is true. <laughs> so I still have all my fountain pens. I don't have all the books that I used to. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine lost his house in a fire uh, years okay. ago. And he had been collecting books. Like he is longtime fan, like nineteen seventies right, longtime right. fan. And he lost everything. That entire okay. collection. Yeah. Um uh so um I know how it goes. Like, um not with direct experience, but you know how how fragile some things can be and how portable some others are. Um uh because he didn't, he didn't even have a chance with the books, right? Yeah, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have with the flood. The moment the water hits a point, a book weighs three times as much as it did before. Yeah, um, yeah. Who? All right. Um, well, that's all the official questions. <laughs> uh, I mean, there, there is sort of one more, and uh, uh, that is, um, we're doing great. We don't need money we have a patreon we have a kofi don't give us money people just just give it to somebody who needs it more than we do um and uh so do you have someone that they that needs it more than we do uh that uh, our people should give money to um i would like to recommend the un refugee agency you can donate to them at unhcr.org. And, you know, they're active anywhere there are refugees. Right mm-hmm. now, of course, the situation in Ukraine is particularly oh, yeah. depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand they were in Greece um, yeah. during that. Uh, they've been all over the world. They are uh, a stellar organization uh, from everything I've seen and, and uh, what they do. So, yeah, no. Absolutely. Um, you hear that? People support that. Somebody pointed out a little bit of a, of a, of a idiosyncrasy I have, and that is when I'm talking to the audience and not the person I'm interviewing, I look away over the monitor like I'm talking <laughs> to. <laughs> um, that is uh, everything. So where can we find your stuff? Uh, I can be found at yoonhalee.com, Y-O-O-N-H-A-L-E-E.com. And that's generally up to date with my books, um, mm-hmm. any games I'm working on, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, any other socials that you care to share? Um, you can say, hell no, it's fine. <laughs> no, I'm on Twitter, but not under my name because Yoon Holly is actually sort of like a Jane Smith kind of name in Korean. <laughs> it's really common. By the time I joined Twitter, yeah, there yeah. were like 500 of us. So I'm on Twitter as Deuce of Gears, uh, D-E-U-C-E-O-F-G-E-A-R-S. And that Which comes is- from the sceneries of empire oh yeah i i i I caught that right away um so yeah um uh thank you yeah thank you for having me yeah and if you want to come back anytime uh just uh just drop me a line 
um, and we'll, we'll make it happen. So yeah. Um, Sounds good. Thank you cool. so much. Yeah. And, uh, and for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. wish to thank Yoon for both uh, being on the show and putting up with my moments of absolute fan astoundation uh, that you all got to hear about on the recording. Um, insanely grateful uh, for the uh, for the time taken. And uh, like I said, anytime Yoon Holly wants to come back, uh, more than welcome. More than welcome. That brings us to this week's word. Are you ready for this week's word? I am ready for this week's word. All right. This week, our uh, our word is deuce of gears, D-E-U-C-E of gears, which happens to be Yoon Ha Lee's Twitter handle. And the, uh, you know, the, um, the, the prime sign and card of, of the main character in like Nine Fox Gambit. Um, so awesome sauce. I, I, we're going to go with that. Uh, Deuce of Gears is this week's word. You can take that word. Yes. And you can go to productivityalchemy.com. And you can enter it as to get the badge. You can. And you can find out all about the badges there. Yes, you can. Yep. And we have other things there, too. Yes, there are links to things that say, support us. Yes. Don't click those. Don't click those. We're fine. We're good. Yep. Yeah. Look at the charity spotlight in the show notes. Uh, the charity spotlight... Uh, this week is the UN Refugee Organization, who is doing hard, necessary, good work all over the planet. Absolutely, um, and covers so many, so many different places and events that are generating. Uh, just support yeah, them. Yeah, just support them. Yeah, my brain locked up because I couldn't find a good, the right thing to say there. I apologize. Yes. No, it, it's it's one of those. It is such a vastness you don't even know how to to. Yeah. Say something that covers everything. So yes. Yeah. Go support them. Support them. Yes. Um, and if they're not to your liking, I'm sure we have many good charities in our uh, previous episodes uh, that you can give money to. Yes. So. And if all else fails, your local food bank always needs love. Always needs love. Yes. Yes. All right. So that's uh, everything this week. Yep. I am just, you know, I'm I'm starting to hit that. I've just finished a big thing, and now I'm just starting to get tired. Uh, See also why I plan to spend the next few days staring at the wall after I have finished the book. Right. Yeah. Right. So I understand. So with that, yeah, no, everybody, um, thank you for listening. Get yeah. out there and do your best to um, stay productive. Which, in Kevin's case, is going to involve checking tiny little chicken butts for dried poop. 